A new battle with free speech has emerged. This week, we reported on how PayPal had closed the accounts of the Daily Skeptic, of the Free Speech Union, of Us For Them. And now we're seeing not only censorship within the big tech platforms from content that's being censored, but now we're seeing people being demonetized as well as deplatformed. And this isn't just organizations, it's also individuals who have been challenging grand narratives. So I'm delighted to be joined today by Toby Young, who will be joining us in a moment, who's the founder of the Free Speech Union and the Daily Skeptic. And he'll be explaining exactly what happened to his organizations and what he's been able to do to fight back, but also discuss some of the broader concerns that we're witnessing with this, this particular issue. So Toby, it's great to have you here on the Elevate podcast with, with us. We're 12 months on. You contributed to our lockdown summit in uh, June 2021, but the shenanigans are still unfolding, it seems. They are, yes. Um, I think uh, demonetizing people for purely political reasons um, is the new front line in the ongoing war on free speech. Um, we, you know, we see this kind of thing in China all the time. Um, it's how the, the Chinese communist authorities control the population via the social credit system with people who say something that antagonizes the communist authorities losing access to banking facilities and literally not being able to buy groceries. Uh, but we're beginning to see the rollout of a Chinese-style social credit system now across the West, except instead of um, the communist authorities being the forces of uh, ideological conformity, it's woke capitalist corporations like PayPal. Indeed. Now, I'm sure many of our viewers will be already well familiar with certainly the Daily Skeptic and perhaps the Free Speech Union as well. Could you just tell us a little bit about both of your organizations and why you started them? And then we'll we'll hear a little bit about your story and how they've been affected this week by PayPal. Sure. Um, so um, I set up the Free Speech Union in February of 2020 um, to defend free speech. It's a nonpartisan membership organization and um, membership fees start as low as £2.49 a month. And uh, if, if someone then comes for you, if a cancel mob comes for you, um, then we'll, we'll have your back. Um, but in addition, we put on um, events. So we had a book launch for Andrew Doyle, in which I interviewed him on stage a couple of days ago. We've got uh, events coming up with Neil Oliver. Um, the um, uh, uh, We've got a Christmas party at Comedy Unleashed. Um, and uh, we also publish FAQs on the Free Speech Union's website on things like what to do if your employer wants you to declare your gender pronouns in the workplace and you don't want to do that. What are your rights? Um, uh, the Daily Skeptic I set up um, not long afterwards, actually. I set it up in April of 2020. And I set it up because I wrote a couple of pieces um, uh, questioning the wisdom of the lockdown policy and associated COVID restrictions and was immediately immediately uh, piled on and monstered. Um, and uh, it, I, I realized how difficult it was to kind of write openly about the lockdown and associated restrictions if you had any reservations about it. It became taboo to voice those reservations. So I set up the what was then Lockdown Skeptics, a website where I and others were able to openly share our reservations about the policy. And it became a kind of hub for um, skeptics, lockdown skeptics. Um, a lot of people told me that 
going to the site kept them sane um, uh, because they thought they were the only ones who were skeptical. And it was great to discover that there were some other skeptics out there. And since the COVID restrictions were lifted on July 19th of last year, Freedom Day, um, we turned it into the daily skeptic. And we're now skeptical about other policies that are supposedly informed by the science like um, net zero. Much needed. Uh, It seems like you had a premonition that you would need the Free Speech Union uh, if you launched that ahead of the Daily Skeptic. Quite clearly, we've seen an assault on free speech. We've seen the cancel culture running rife during the course of the pandemic. And uh, we've seen all kinds of challenges of the science (laughs) uh, getting through in terms of the real science, the objective science that's been shared through means like the Daily Skeptic, etc. But I I wouldn't imagine... I wouldn't have imagined 12 months ago or two years ago that we'd be seeing not only major platforms deplatforming and, and cancelling uh, authors, uh, scientists, experts, but now PayPal bringing uh, demonetization as a new way of deplatforming. Could you tell us a little bit about how you found out that the Daily Skeptic, the Free Speech Union, and your personal PayPal were being suspended? How did you How did you get the news? Um, I, I received um, uh, an email from PayPal telling me that um, the accounts had been permanently closed. Um, uh, And the reason in each case was that um, the account in question had breached the um, acceptable use policy. Um, No more detail than that. Um, And I obviously appealed the decisions. That was unsuccessful. I complained that was unsuccessful. I wrote to the CEO of PayPal UK. He didn't reply. I got in touch with the corporate affairs departments, both in the UK and the US of PayPal. Couldn't get a response out of them. Um, Initially, um, when they eventually did come back and offer some explanation, um, they quoted their policy against promoting hate, violence, or racial intolerance. Now, quite what they were thinking of there, I'm not sure. I mean, the Daily Skeptic's never done anything like that. The Free Speech Union hasn't. Uh, and But, but you know, uh, hate can be a kind of catch-all term now to describe an opinion you disagree with. So at the Free Speech Union, for instance, we've defended lots of feminists um, who've been deplatformed for hate speech after saying things like, um, women don't have penises. You know, that that's now described as hate speech. So I suppose it's possible that, you know, personally, uh, I've been guilty of, of hate speech, if that's hate speech. Uh, but then they changed their minds and came up with a different reason. So when the Times called them to find out why they demonetized me and my two organizations, um, the, uh, someone from PayPal told the Times journalist that it was because the Daily Skeptic was spreading COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. Um, and I suppose that could be the reason why the site was demonetized. And maybe the other two sites were demonetized or the other two accounts were closed because of my links to all three. Maybe the Daily Skeptic was the original sinner. Um, but as we know, Dan, misinformation, well, any, anyone who raises the slightest reservations about the efficacy and safety of the mRNA vaccines, um, however mild and however scientifically well-informed, even if you are a qualified scientist, um, is immediately accused of trafficking in misinformation and conspiracy theory. So perhaps that was the reason. Uh, But then it it was hard to know. They were just, they were completely unclear and it was impossible to get a kind of straight answer out of them. 
reminds me of a painful breakup that I went through about 10 years ago when I really tried to find out what I did <laughs> to deserve uh, the, the ceasing of our relationship and I never got an answer and it sounds like you're in a similar position yeah. um, but 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 you know you're obviously using these services to help fund the work that you're doing and the important work that you're doing both with the Daily Skeptic and the Free Speech Union what, what kind of impact has that had not on just you but your members? Yeah well it was hugely disruptive um, uh, so about a quarter of the regular donors to the Daily Skeptic. The Daily Skeptic survived. We, we, you know, we employ four or five people and we're only able to survive because um, people, you know, make monthly donations of five pounds, ten pounds. And about a quarter of those donations were affected because they were using PayPal to process those donations. But it was worse in the case of the Free Speech Union because about a third of our 9,500 or so members were using PayPal to process their recurring membership dues. So, you know, that was uh, a third of our income at stake. So we had to contact all the donors to the Daily Skeptic and all the members of the Free Speech Union that were affected and ask them to switch to a different payment processor. And inevitably, you know, some people didn't bother to open the email. Some people did, but thought it was a phishing scam. Um, so, you know, inevitably, we're going we're gonna to lose revenue as a result of this. Yeah, it's very tricky. I mean, we, we, we've also got to be taking a stand. You know, we're using PayPal like many of us uh, are in this space. It's, it's a convenient way to accept payments, at least it used to be. Um, and we take that risk because we have to take a stand for free speech. So we'll be making a statement about our members too. But we, we run the risk, you know, like yourself, we've got a team that we pay and and, and things like this are a huge problem. Um, now, you didn't get a clear reason why they were uh, taken down, you can speculate, but looking more broadly, you know, us for them were affected, law or fiction, various other, uh, the UK Medical uh, Freedom Alliance, various other COVID uh, and related skeptic groups. Do you think this is politically or ideologically driven by PayPal? Yes, I think it is. Um, I, I don't think there can be much doubt about that. If you look at the sites they've um, closed the accounts of, um, they're all you know, um, saying what's become unsayable. So often it's because they've, you know, raised doubts about the efficacy and safety of the COVID vaccines. That's, um, you know, that that's just not allowed um, now. Um, in some cases, it's because they've been sceptical about the so-called climate emergency. Um, a couple of sites in the US were closed by PayPal, um, or, or rather their accounts were closed by PayPal uh, back in May of this year. And they were both left-wing sites, not conservative sites, um, but they were sceptical about the war in Ukraine. Um, that's another um, uh, sacred cow um, you're not allowed to touch. Um, uh, and, you know, it, it, I think there are kind of there are these there are these key issues um, which um, which if you if you if you if you express skepticism about the kind of orthodox progressive um, uh, view um, and in not not every case the progressive view, just the orthodox view, um, then you risk being no platformed, demonetized, cancelled. Um, and I think uh, we evidently crossed some of those lines on the Daily Skeptic and even at the Free Speech Union. I mean, it was remarkable that they no platformed um, the Free Speech Union um, because um, we don't actually express contentious points of view. We just defend people who get into trouble for saying something perfectly lawful but a bit contentious. Um, apparently, even that now is beyond the pale. Well, it's, it, it seems to me to be this unfolding escalation of council culture, but more so this Orwellian dystopian reality where the thought police now come in the form of big tech 
uh, and it's not limited to the platforms that distribute information, but those that now are responsible for collecting payments from these um, both individuals, organizations, and, and platforms. What do you think this means for free speech more broadly right now? You know, what what kind of challenges is this are we facing here? Well, I think it's absolutely critical that we nip in the bud the emergence of a Chinese-style social credit system in the West. Um, we saw how governments can abuse um, the banking system to shut down perfectly legitimate protests. Uh, we saw that in Canada earlier this year when Justin Trudeau persuaded various Canadian banks to freeze the bank accounts of the truckers protesting in the participating in the Freedom Convoy. Um, and uh, unless we nip this in the bud, we're going to see more and more of that. So we really need to stop it. Um, and uh, what the Free Speech Union has been doing has been lobbying, lobbying the government to change the law so it becomes illegal for financial services companies to uh, close the accounts or refuse to open accounts for individuals or organizations for purely political reasons, provided their political views are perfectly lawful. Um, and uh, I think we're making some headway. We're looking for a bill currently going through Parliament that we can easily amend. And we've got a team of top lawyers working on that amendment. We hope to have something ready by next week. But I think that is the way to fight this. It's only through legislation, by getting politicians, lawmakers on side, that we can actually stop the emergence of a social credit system in the West. Because, you know, our freedom of speech is at stake. Um, and without freedom of speech, all the other freedoms fall. Um, uh, so it's absolutely vital we defend it. And this is the front line at the moment. I suppose the silver lining from this situation is the stir that it's caused politically. We've seen many contentious issues over the last couple of years that have been, you know, wouldn't be touched with a barge pole by the politicians or the mainstream media, no matter how valid or, or, or damning those uh, issues are. But here we've seen the mainstream media jump on this. We've seen politicians, backbenchers. Uh, jumping to this situation and it, it does look like there is a possible road for some form of action at least on a local level in the UK what, what yes I, I, I think that's right Dan and it was because of the almighty fuss that was made about PayPal's um, cancellation of my three accounts that PayPal eventually did a reverse ferret so on Tuesday of this week at about 5 30 p.m I got three new emails from PayPal telling me that in each case, my accounts had been restored. And the, the, the email said that, you know, we've now, we've now carried out a review of your accounts. And thanks to input from our stakeholders, we have decided to restore them all. It was like there was nothing about <laughs> trafficking in COVID misinformation or spreading hate anymore. And even though they'd originally said they'd permanently close them now, apparently they were only ever under review. And I think what they mean by input is that tens of thousands of people, I think, out of solidarity with the Free Speech Union and the um, Daily Skeptic, um, closed their PayPal accounts and let PayPal know exactly why they were doing it. Tens of thousands sounds like an exaggeration, but I think it might be as high as that. I got um, thousands of messages via Twitter, Facebook, email from people, comments on the Daily Skeptic, people telling me that they had closed their PayPal accounts and given PayPal a piece of their minds. And I think in the end, that was very effective as well as 
questions being asked in uh, the House of Commons and, um, uh, you know, members of the government saying they thought something should be done about this, like Jacob Rees-Mogg. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it shouldn't require that level of fuss before you can get a decent response, before, a you know, a complaint, an appeal to a company like PayPal is taken seriously. I mean, we all know when you're you know, demonetized, kicked off one of these platforms, it's incredibly hard to get a straight answer out of these corporations. I mean, often they don't even respond to your emails or you get something so generic and pro forma it's incomprehensible um uh, uh, you know and it shouldn't be that way and of course we're not going to start using paypal again until paypal restores the accounts of all the other organizations and individuals it's closed for purely political reasons and promises never to do it again which i don't suppose it will which means uh, we're going to crack on with uh, lobbying for a law to prevent this kind of thing happening to other people in future well, I think that's the important thing because you've clearly sent a warning shot to not just PayPal, but hopefully their competitors as well. Um, you know, the consumer power that you've witnessed here is, I think, is really important. Is that, that when you do stand up for your rights, there is there is uh, there is plausible solutions, and I think the the wider piece is the law, um, which I think if that passes in the UK, that gives us some protection. But you know, as we know, PayPal global organization i think they're currently in the european headquarters or in switzerland I, I may be incorrect there but luxembourg i think luxembourg okay but we've got we, you know the, the the difficulty is this could continue across borders and i think you, you know with companies like twitter and social media they're global companies and they 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 they, they, they seem to operate by a different set of rules that that we can we can see legislation in our own nation but ultimately it feels like the west is facing an erosion of free speech and other freedoms. You know, it's not limited to the United Kingdom. This is not an issue that we're facing alone. Uh, what, what do you think the longer term prognosis is here? Well, I don't think it's very good, Dan. Um, you know, I mean, it, we may succeed in um, getting the law changed in the UK, um, which protects people or offers them a bit more protection than they have at present from being demonetized, being locked out of the, you know, uh, of their bank accounts and, and, having bank facilities, banking facilities withdrawn from them. We may make some headway, but, um, you know, as you say, it isn't a problem isolated to the UK. It's a global problem. Um, and it is quite difficult holding these vast multinational corporations to account. Uh, I mean, if, if, if PayPal was headquartered in the UK, then what they did might have been unlawful under the Equality Act, because it's um, unlawful to discriminate against people on the basis of protected characteristics and religious and philosophical beliefs uh, are protected characteristics. So we might have been able to bring a case against PayPal via the Equality Act had they been based in the UK. But as you say, they're not. They're based in Luxembourg, which makes it much more difficult. Um, and uh, Texas um, passed a law, I think, last year, um, making it illegal for social media platforms to kick people off for purely political reasons, provided their political views were perfectly lawful. Um, and uh, that was challenged um, in court um, only last week, and the court upheld the law. And it looks like that'll now be now be challenged in the Supreme Court. But if the Supreme Court upholds that law, I think that that may, that may herald some progress. We really have to, you know, we have to do everything in our power. And I think it must ultimately mean changing the law in as many different jurisdictions as possible to stop big tech companies from discriminating against people on the basis of their political views. 
my political view should be a matter of utter indifference to my bankers, as well as to, you know, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and the rest of them. Uh, provided they're lawful, um, then um, they should be of no interest to those organizations. Um, uh, and we need to we need to change the law so they so they stop discriminating against people for expressing perfectly lawful points of view. 100% agree. I suppose my, and I, I agree, you know, I think there's, that's where there is opportunity. I suppose my concern is in the world that we're living right now, the, the global machine is not limited to big tech. It's, you know, it's, it seems pervasive across, you know, global institutions, global politics. And my, my fear is that, you know, whilst we could take proactive action to put these types of laws in place, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these vague definitions of hate speech and, uh, defamation, you know, the Anti-Defamation League, which has involved the PayPal and some of these broader um, subjective terms becoming in, in, entwined in law where they it actually gives greater power to big tech. My worry is that it could go the other way without pressure. Yeah, oh, it, 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 it is already going the other way. So um, uh, uh, the online safety bill, which is currently on hold, but it's going to be um, uh, resurrected unfortunately, um, that um, uh, requires at the moment, unless it's amended, and we hope it will be, but no guarantee, that requires social media companies like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube uh, to stipulate in their terms and conditions how they're going to address what the government calls um, uh, legal but harmful to adults content. Um, so, uh, and, and the government is going to, in, a, in the form of a statutory instrument, um, come up with a list of content it regards as um, legal but harmful to adults. And on the indicative list that the government published, or at least the last government published before the bill was put on hold, um, it included the term um, health-related misinformation. And you and I know that means any any anyone expressing the slightest reservations about the COVID-19 vaccines uh, would automatically be kicked off uh, social media platforms um, merely, I mean, they are at the moment, but this would make, I think, it even worse than it is at present. Um, uh, so, you know, the Free Speech Union has been lobbying hard against the online safety bill. I was delighted when it was put on hold. I'm now nervous that it's going to be brought back. And I hope that if it is brought back, at the very least, the legal but harmful clause, clause 13, is stripped out. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's just so subjective. It, it seems like we live in a world now where someone's own, some individual's emotional or mental vulnerabilities becomes all of our responsibilities. It's, it, it, if someone knows they are triggered by certain information, how does that become societal, uh, the society's responsibility to curtail their speech? Because ultimately, we're then only ever able to speak to the lowest common denominator when it comes to one's own kind of mental, emotional security. Well, Dan, there's a clause in the online safety bill, which I'd like to see go as well, which would introduce a new um, uh, harmful communications offence, whereby uh, if you cause someone extreme psychological distress um, uh, as a result of um, uh, communicating with them, possibly via Twitter or Facebook. So, you know, anyone who sees your tweet, if they are caused um, extreme psychological distress by what you've said, then you could go to prison for up to two years under this new offence. And as you say, you know, someone somewhere is probably going to take offence, you know, at something you say. Um, uh, you know, why should everyone be held hostage by the most psychologically fragile? And, you know, um, we also know that um, 
mo plenty of people will weaponize their, you know, um, uh, pretended psychological fragility in order to shut down speech they find disagreeable. They'll claim, you know, we, we saw that um, uh, earlier this year at South College at the University of Durham. Um, uh, Timothy Luckhurst, the head of that college, invited Rod Liddle to give an after-dinner speech and lots of these students um, walked out and claimed afterwards that the mere fact that uh, Rod Little had been invited to give an after-dinner speech made them feel unsafe. And um, instead of, you know, laughing in their faces, the university authorities took that very seriously and suspended Timothy Luckhurst and placed him under investigation. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. But we see that kind of thing happening all the time. You know, political activists weaponizing their pretended psychological fragility in order to shut down the speech of anyone they find even slightly disagreeable. I mean, it's so it's so subjective. I mean, I suppose on the flip side, if this thing does pass, we could all surmise, uh, take our collective trauma from the offence that we've taken from the government's response to COVID-19 and channel that into a gigantic legal case saying we're woefully offended by the government and their actions and therefore well, we should <laughs> unfortunately that, that, that wouldn't be taken seriously as we know you know um you you, you you can't if you claim to be offended or upset or you know um mentally unbalanced in some way by the expression of woke progressive views then that doesn't count you don't get anywhere it's only if you if it's only if you get offended by the expression of right of center views that your feelings are taken seriously mm, yeah so it's a it's a worrying time now you've taken action uh, of course with your campaign and uh, we've also joined your campaign at the free speech union which you can you can find at the free speech union.org forward slash take hyphen action encourage our viewers today uh, to join that to write to your mp and express your dissatisfaction here this is you know, regardless of your own political views, uh, it, it's not about our own positions on the matter. To me, this is a principle and a fundamental uh, component of living in a free uh, and democratic world. So we must take a stand here uh, whilst we have the opportunity to do so. Uh, so I encourage you to join the campaign. Uh, Toby, is there any other action you think we could take? Obviously, you've mentioned about the kind of legal action, political action you know, to address this broader set of concerns, is there is there other, other other things, other solutions that you could see at our fingertips to kind of curtail this creep, uh, creeping well, erosion of our freedoms? Yeah, there are there are you know there are some um, you know free market solutions, so we can um, uh, withhold our custom um, from companies that behave like this. Um, you know, instead of um, going on Twitter, go on Getter. Instead of using PayPal, use Stripe, which seems to be um, uh, a little bit um, less biased and a little less likely to cancel people for having, you know, the wrong opinions. Um, uh, so I think, you know, there, there are opportunities here. I mean, one of the reasons The Daily Skeptic has been so successful, and I think we're going to have our most successful month ever this month. We're already over two million page views for the month, which is a record for us. Um, but the reason it's so successful is because people are fed up with not being told the truth um, in the mainstream media. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, so there are market solutions. Um, there is, I think, a real appetite um, for um, uh, genuinely liberal values, whether embedded in the in a in a payment processing system or on a website. So, you know, I think I think there is some hope there. 
Toby, it's been great speaking with you today, and thank you for taking up the fight. It's you know, without your story as as, as harmful as it was at the time, I think we've we've started to move forward and really maintaining uh, our free speech. And it's important that this continues because we know uh, it's 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 just an increasing problem. I saw this morning, in fact, the new new Italian prime minister. If you search her name on Twitter now, you can't find any photos or videos because there was the the viral clip from 2019 of her denouncing the kind of progressive way uh, that's becoming kind of part of the globalist uh, uh, narrative. And, you know, YouTube have taken her videos down. Twitter have taken down all videos <laughs> featuring this, the new Italian prime minister. It's it's just a crazy, crazy it world. Is, it is extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, um, if they if they can cancel someone who's just won a general election, then they can certainly cancel you. Um, and the other thing people should do, they should really think seriously about joining the Free Speech Union. As I say, the, the membership fees start at two pounds forty nine a month. Um, and um, if you if, if if an outrage mob comes for you, and don't be too sure they won't, we'll have your back. Fantastic, thank you, Toby. It's great having you here once again on the Elevate Podcast. Uh, just close out now. So just to let you know, coming up in the next uh, week, we have. A, uh, an online course looking at digital assets and how you can actually use decentralized technologies to overcome some of these centralized problems. If you'd like to find out more about that program, you can go to downastongregory.com forward slash digital assets. You can find out about some of the specific alternatives to PayPal that are offer you the opportunity to take freedom of speech into your own hands when it comes to the different platforms that are available to us. And as I mentioned, we'll be making a statement ourselves tomorrow morning about our uh, PayPal account because again we've been moved uh, by this and we'll be closing down our PayPal accounts and uh, warning all of our subscribers that we'll need to to take action. So it's important uh, to take the power into our own hands and I encourage anyone at home who's currently using PayPal there are plenty of alternatives and we'll be sharing some of those alternatives as part of our event next week but also to our mailing list. So thanks again Toby and thanks to our audience who tuned in live. Please do share this episode and uh, every time we have a conversation about a conversation uh, about a topic that goes against the narrative, we know that we are uh, our platforms are under threat. We're still broadcasting on YouTube. We got a strike last week for talking about vaccines, unsurprisingly. So if you're not yet on our mailing list, please head over to danestongregory.com forward slash podcast. Join our mailing list to stay up, up to date. And I encourage you to go ahead and go to the Free Speech Union and check out The Daily Skeptic. The Daily Skeptic's been an incredible source for us at the Pandemic Podcast over the last couple of years. So please do uh, help Toby uh, go well in excess of that 2 million page views and congratulations for your uh, progress this month. And uh, thanks again for all the work you've been doing to protect our free speech. Thanks, Dan. Thank you to all. Good night for now.